On a recent flight into Shannon Airport, the plane bumped and jostled its way through the clouds as it tilted for landing. Descending from the relative calm of 30,000 feet, the distant Irish countryside both welcomed and warned of the perils of flight. I was reminded of an incredible story I'd come across some months before about a German paraglider, Eva Wisniewska, who, while training for the World Championships in Australia in 2007, was unfortunate enough to have been sucked up in a storm and thrown around in the clouds at 30,000 feet. For an hour, she survived. Wow, hard to believe. The next day, I did a little research, found an email address, and sent a request for an interview. After a bit of persuading, the answer was yes. I was back on the plane to her base near Munich. We had arranged to meet at one of her local paragliding spots on the lower reaches of the Alps, near Bad Tolz. I will buy a ticket for me only one way and for you <laughs> up and down and the ticket for the landing. Hello. I had once taken a parachute jump, a jump where the chute opens automatically. In my case, the chute opened, but the lines tangled behind my neck, pushing my head violently forward. I managed to reach up and pull them apart. I landed in a car park two miles from everyone else. They told me I was lucky. I only need one way. <laughs> now we are going to the cable car. So now we have a nice uh, ride up in the cable car, yeah, right on the top of the mountain. During the drive we can look a little bit. Nice view. Yeah. <laughs> Especially today, really nice sunny day. Amazing, no clouds, but hot. At this stage I still hadn't mentioned that I had some difficulties with heights. Yeah, the first thing is when I arrive at the takeoff to look how are the conditions to look, how is the air, if somebody is already in the air, how are the thermals, if it's smooth or if the wind is strong or no, how they climb. So I can already make my first picture of the air, of the moving of the air. So I know what I can expect in the air. If there is nobody, I look at the trees. I had read that Eva had a nickname. I have a nickname, <laughs> it's Birdie. Actually, I got it in Mexico. Um, the pilots there call me Pajarito, which means small bird. Now I'm Birdie. <laughs> I had spoken with Eva on the telephone before I came over and had suggested that we could maybe do a tandem flight and I could record while in the air. She sat perched on the other side of the cable car as it swung high above the ground and looked concerned. Are you scary? No, no. No? <laughs> but you wanted to fly with me. <laughs> it would be much higher. <clears throat> Two GPSs and Vario. Two? Two. This is for the competition. I mean... A hobby pilot doesn't need it, he needs only one. But sometimes the technical... Eva Wisnerska is one incredibly lucky woman and she knows it, apart from some frost... 
Is this the one you used in Australia? Yes. And they still work. Everything. What's a vario? Vario is an instrument which is measuring, measuring uh, the pressure of the air. Eva is no ordinary paraglider. She is, in fact, one of the best in the world, winning numerous international titles, is a member of the German national team and travels the world as a professional, competing with an elite group of pilots. So in case the glider collapses and doesn't open, I still have an option. Till now, I had only conditions I could fly without. <laughs> you can see the wind is turning and this is the highest takeoff. I have the mostly altitude to find the thermal. I will prepare the harness and when I'm ready, I go and I can show I won't take off. <laughs> I watched as Ava took off effortlessly, without me. So I took the cable car back down and waited in the landing field to hear the real story. A remarkable story. A deadly story. Now to the extraordinary story of a paraglider who was sucked up by a storm front in northern New South Wales into the realm normally reserved for jet aircraft and survived. As I sat in the landing field waiting for Ava to fly down, many other paragliders swept in silently, landed, picked up their gliders and walked off. I must go up to the skies again, to the peace of silent flight, to the gull's way and the hawk's way and the free wing's delight. And all I ask is a friendly joke with a laughing fellow rover and a large beer and a deep sleep when the long flight's over. Then Ava landed herself, gathered her chute and walked towards me. And as she landed, just behind her, a colleague and fellow pilot landed, but hadn't seen her since she'd returned from Australia. So you can feel free. <laughs> this is the first time I've seen her since that incident. I've been flying for four years. I think it's what everybody has always wanted to do. At least I used to have dreams when I was a kid. Um, just flying, being able to fly, fly other places, being independent. And that's what sort of happens to you with, with paraglide. People think you take off somewhere and then just land. But we t- take off and rise and fly other, p- other places, go sightseeing, get scared sometimes, do the wrong things, yeah. <laughs> talk to the birds. Yes, you, can, you fly with birds sometimes too because there are, there are birds. Well, you follow birds because birds will always circle in the, in the thermals. Like I had a situation in Chile where, where um, condors were flying in a big circle in a thermal, and I joined them because I had heard they're very lazy, uh, they'll really only fly if there's enough uplift and so on. And I just joined them, and we stayed in the same thermal for about eight minutes, ten minutes, just looking at each other. And then I got boring for them, and they flew on. 
amazing situations you can experience. Wow. And you can do it all over the world. Yeah. Just take your little glider with you everywhere. Just now is the first time I've seen it since that happened. What did you think when you heard about it? What did I think? I said, Jesus Christ. Of course, when we heard about it, she had survived and when heard that, that she was safe, but my God. She was very lucky, but she's the kind of person that deserves to be lucky, I would say. On Valentine's Day, 2007, Bertie set out with another 200 paragliders for one of their final training sessions ahead of the World Championships in New South Wales. We will hear comment from and about two other paragliders. But first, Eva. We went to Australia to prepare for the Worlds. The competition was a cross-country competition and every day open distance. So our goal was to fly as far as possible every day. The wind was coming from south, so we flew direction north. And at the briefing, they said there is a possibility of, of overdeveloping of the clouds. So we knew there can be thunderstorm. And actually already at the takeoff, we could see two clouds growing very fast already, but in big distance. So it was not really danger for us. And from my experience, I knew about 10, 15 k's from the clouds, I'm actually safe. But I didn't know there is a inversion keeping the other clouds low. But there was one, and when I tried to pass one, probably the inversion broke. So the hot air below the cloud, like a balloon, if you blow a balloon and then you make a hole, the, the air rush out. And probably this happened. So the lift was so strong, I had the maximum about 20 meters per second. So even if you spiral down with 17 meters, you are still climbing or you are sinking only very, very slowly. So I tried it three times and then I realized it doesn't help. The lift is too strong. Unfortunately, the lift didn't stop. Another professional pilot and acquaintance of Avis is Nikki Moss. She was also training that day and watching the weather. And it was obvious it was slightly different. Things were happening slightly faster, but it still didn't look, as, as we set off earlier on, that there was going to be, going to be any drama. Um, but while we were on course, the, the, there was two big thunder cells that started moving quite quickly and, and um, joining together, basically. Uh, I guess, in effect, making a a supercell um, quite scary and I, I was flying thinking that th this is starting to look unpleasant the lift was bringing me higher and higher and I couldn't do anything it was just too strong when I reached 4000 meters it was already raining and hiling and then I knew oh then I realized now I really I'm really in danger and I said on the radio to my team leader I cannot do anything and 
than I knew I'm facing to the thunderstorm. Clouds suck. I mean, that's, that's a fact of flying. Clouds do suck. In general, small clouds are quite quite dealable with and it's not a big drama but but storm clouds key names uh, they they are death in the sky you just don't go there and probably the big clouds eat it the small one and then they grow to a big thunderstorm what and could you see at this stage i couldn't see anything at the moment I got sucked into the cloud, I couldn't see anything. In the beginning I could see the glider, I had to work really hardly to keep it open because of the turbulences, but after a short moment it was really dark. Inside is it's like a fog, so if you drive a car, sometimes you can only see a few meters, and I could only feel the glider and all the turbulences. And then after a while, I could hear the lightnings, and then I knew I'm really just in the middle of the storm. I mean, we're flying in something that that we can't see, so the, um, I mean, many people have said that if we could actually see the air, we wouldn't fly in it. If you if you look at a stream or a river and you see eddies and swirls and currents, I mean that that's what we're dealing with, but in something that we can't see. So you never actually know what's going to happen. Um, you deal with it as and when it does happen. You, you obviously through through experience you have an idea of, of what might be occurring in a particular place, but you never know. First, I could hear it in front of me. So I thought, okay, I should fly in the other direction, but it it was not possible to keep the direction because the glider was just turning itself. And then I heard another lightning behind of me and I knew, okay, it doesn't help. You don't know which direction you must fly, where is the cloud? And So I was just thinking, okay, what can I do? I was thinking to use the reserve parachute but then you have really no control. So I decided to let the glider fly and to keep it open, to try to keep it open and to do not use the reserve. But of course at the moment I didn't know I'm going to get unconscious. Should my end come while I'm in flight, whether brightest day or darkest night, spare me your pity and shrug off the pain secure in the knowledge that I'd do it again. For each of us is created to die, and within me I know I was born to fly. Then I woke up again. Did you know you were, you were likely to go unconscious, or did you...? Uh... No, I, I didn't know I, I'm going to lose the consciousness. It's why I decided to try still to fly, to hope to go out of the cloud somewhere. You couldn't talk Eva didn't realize it, but he, Zong Pin, a Chinese paraglider, was being thrown around only 500 meters away. Now both were at 15,000 feet. Well, I, I could only feel the very strong lift and I could feel the moment when I get uh, unconscious. It was like when you 
I try to describe if you have a car with just start from zero to hundred in five seconds, you can feel like your body get pushed into the seat and your head to the back and imagine if you don't have any support in back of your head your head is going really back you cannot keep it up with your muscles and it was the same I could feel very strong power pushing me in my seat and I could feel like the blood is going out of the head so it was like blackout Eva was about to be catapulted to the cruising altitude of a 747. From where we were, it was it seemed strange and risky for people to be carrying on. Um, but obviously, everybody's in their in their own their own world, their their own air. Um, so I guess the people who were further on could see the blue out the other side. Were thinking that they they'd probably be okay. But for, for me and, and a lot of people, it, it did seem a bit of a risk. Um, and it was later in the day that um, we found out that one of the Chinese team was missing. And we heard that, um, that Eva um, from Germany had, had been sucked up into the cloud. And I could really feel the moment. Of course, I realised I'm in very big danger and I couldn't believe it. And I was really angry with me um, and with the cloud because the cloud was looking really not dangerous and I was asking how is it possible that the small clouds um, grow so fast and but okay I couldn't change it and I was thinking okay concentrate what can you do really focused on that's what I can do and it was to don't panic to yeah keep the glider open and of course, I was really asking the angels or God or whatever is there to help me on, and to do not let me die. There is a secret that the birds are learning, where the long lanes in heaven have a turning and no man yet has followed. Therefore, these laugh hauntingly across our usual seas. I'll not be mocked by curlews in the sky. Give me wings, magician, or I die. When I woke up again, I didn't know how long I was unconscious. And I was thinking it was like blacking out for maybe seconds, like sometimes driving very tired and... You feel your eyes get closed and then you woke up again and it was maybe one or two seconds. And I was thinking it was a very short time, so I just tried to fly again. But then I realized I don't have the handles in my hands. And I said, oh, I lost them. So I tried to grab them, but they were too high. I was just lying in my harness. And then I realized that everything is with ice and my gloves were covered with ice. And I said, wow, <laughs> okay, concentrate again, fly straight. Then I tried to cover my face with the hands and just keep straight. I was completely wet and frozen, shaking, and I wanted to see how high I am. Then I scratched the screen of the GPS 
and I have seen I'm still on 6,900 meters, so I knew it's still very high and I still have to be very patient. I was still in the cloud, I couldn't see anything and it was still hiling and raining, but I was very lucky and happy because my glider still was flying which was really incredible after all the water and ice. It's been suggested that the fact that Eva did lose consciousness certainly helped her to survive. I mean, I didn't panic really, but like this my body slowed down and I didn't need so much oxygen as usually people do. So I think this also saved my life. Nikki and all the others on the ground really feared the worst. Everybody was, was obviously really upset that there was a pilot missing at the end of the day. I mean, it's, it's not... We're a travelling band of nomads and we meet up in, in various corners of the world and, and you meet the same people all the time. So when one of you's missing, it's, it's difficult to describe how you feel. Um, obviously, we didn't know what had happened. I couldn't see the earth and I tried to fly straight... But if you don't see anything, it's very difficult to keep the direction. It's like in the water, you, you don't want... If you fl- swim with the stream of the water, you cannot feel if you are going to the right or to the left. You are just floating inside. After a while, I realized that, that I'm no more climbing. I started to turn faster and faster... And then I managed spiral down about 3,000 meters. And when I have seen that the cloud opens and I could see the first parts of the earth, it was an incredible feeling, really like coming back from the cosmos. <laughs> And I knew, wow, now my chances are growing with each meter, I think. Then I stopped turning and was looking, where can I land? I was somewhere, I didn't know where, I couldn't see any roads. There is nothing, and if I land, I have no radio. I must be somewhere close to the civilization. And I have seen a farm, or I didn't know, a building with some cows. So I said, if there are animals there must be people somewhere around so i managed to fly there and to just to turn against the wind and really to land very soft like you have seen today here people landing against the wind really nice and when my feet hit the ground <sighs> I eva was blackened by frostbite to her ears and her knees covered in bruises after being battered with hailstones the size of oranges. She had landed 65 kilometres from where she had taken off. There was no news yet of He Zong Pin. But I was not jumping. Wow, I survived. I was happy, but I still knew I'm in danger because I was frozen, completely frozen. So I knew I must warm up. So I started running a few metres, but I couldn't. So I just lie down my harness curl and was shaking and waiting. I had no better idea. And after maybe three minutes, I don't know, my phone rang. 
and it was my team and I said wow I have a phone <laughs> and I could give them my coordinates my GPS was still working and they were really happy to hear after one and a half hours to hear from something from me they, they probably thought that wasn't... yeah our team leader said this was the worst time in his life waiting from the last call from the radio waiting for this sign that I am still alive. An elite Chinese paraglider caught in the same storm was not so lucky. Both were practicing for next week's world championships and organizers are describing the survival of even one of the paragliders as extraordinary. Michael Vincent reports. Eva Wisniewska is one of the world's top paragliders, a former World Cup winner. While practicing Did you know the paraglider that died? No, I, I didn't know the paraglider uh, which died. I heard after when we came back to Manila and then in the night I heard they, they are still missing one pilot, the Chinese pilot, and I knew the chances are very low to survive that, but it was already dark and I was very scary for him. And next day they said they found him. How did that make you feel? It was horrible because I knew at the moment he probably died. He got hit by lightnings. His GPS recorded the maximum altitude, I think about 6,000 meters. Then it stopped. They think it was the time he got hit. And I was only, at the time, I was only 500 meters far from him. And I could hear the lightning, so probably it was the same time. Chinese paraglider He Zongpin didn't survive to tell his story. And hopefully his journey into the heavens wasn't too traumatic. As for Evert Wisniewska, Godfrey Wines says everyone's still shaking their heads at her luck. I, I reckon, oh, in, in our previous experience, like there's been, like, for example, in, back in the late early 90s, there was a hang gliding competition in northern Italy in the Alps, and seven hang glider pilots got sucked up into the cloud. Seven were dead. The minuscule odds of surviving that she's, she's come out with, um, which everyone is just shaking their heads. Paragliding World Championship organiser Godfrey Winnes speaking to Michael Vincent. It took them about 20 minutes to come to my place, and I had time to... to slow down and to think about it that I survive and I knew okay now I'm I could feel my frostbites my ears mm, hurts really and I could see the leg but I said it's nothing I'm alive so nobody could believe it then I, I could see on my GPS how long I have been in the air wow I have been in the cloud for more than one hour. Later, I, I have seen it was almost one and a half hours. Two weeks later, I was still looking at the incident like it was not me. I still can't believe it. Stefan Mast was in communication with his pilot during her fateful flight. That is, they came with the helicopters from Sydney, so he let only two reporters, one TV and one from the newspapers these two <laughs> spread it in all the world and live interviews for, for America incredible I was curious to hear from Eva 
how things might have changed after such a dramatic event, and whether she was having any second thoughts about her life in the sky. Nikki Moss also has her thoughts on this. Do you think it's a natural thing for, for you to be up there with the eagles? I don't think it can be natural, given that we're hanging under a piece of nylon with lots of string, but it's as, it's as natural a way to fly, for a, for a human being to fly, as there possibly is, yeah. If you're flying in competition, you've perhaps got 150 people flying with you, and it, it probably looks most unnatural. Okay, looking up at 100 gliders climbing out in a very small thermal, they... It, it looks like butterflies. E- even as a pilot, standing on the ground and watching people fly is exciting. Whoa, loud. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for us. Up in the sky, a bird does soar, high and swift, asking no more. Its wings lift and then fall. With majestic beauty, it sings a call. It is so free, and I am not. I wish I were he, and he were not. After the incident, I had already new experiences I mean I had a lot of time to think about my life and about my ambitions and about competitions and flying and I decided to to change the risks I, I want to make it's very difficult to say okay I do not fly is your attitude to life different mm. what, what changes uh, the first thing was to see how beautiful life is and how much we have to lose. And then I started to think, I don't want to lose it only because of some cups or some nice places I have won in my life. Flying is beautiful and life is beautiful and I don't want to take the risk not so high and to do also something for my parents and to do something for my future maybe to have family I made the first step I have a flat now close to Munich I have a great job in the paragliding factory the very interesting point for me was they offer me work also if I decide to stop flying competitions and this was very new for me because till now I have offers only because of the results and this was also the pressure I had because I got only money when I won and now of course I want to win but I don't need to take the risks and I really enjoy to have a flat it's very new feeling for me when I painted it it was very hard work but after that I could sit in the chair and just look to see my beautiful carpet which I brought from Morocco and I didn't have any place to put it but now it's lying in the middle of the room and I can just look how beautiful it is It's totally new for me. For the time I had, I was happy with traveling. But now I'm more happy having a point or having a home where I can go back. Ava had spent most of her professional career living in and out of a camper van. 
and yeah, to have place for my family. They can visit me now because sometimes I said, oh, I don't have time to visit you. Maybe you can come to visit me. And they ask, yeah, but where can we visit you? <laughs> Things happen because, because of something. And I was always looking for the reason why did the thunderstorm suck me up and I couldn't find the reason. And then I thought, yeah, probably to reflect about the life, about what I'm doing, probably I still have many beautiful or important things to do in my life. It is probably like this. <laughs> Would you think in some ways that you're not just lucky that you survived it, but in some ways you're lucky that it happened? I'm not lucky that this happened, but uh, I'm happy about the experience. I mean, it could happen maybe a little bit, I don't know how to say, not so spectacular, <laughs> but probably then the experience would be different. And like this, it is like this. Hi. Ganz schön bockig hier am Landeplatz, ne? Wahnsinn. Ich war... Ich war vorher auch ganz schön überrascht, erst so hoch und dann so von hinten angeflogen. As other paragliders swept in and gathered their brightly colored gliders for another adventure, Eva chatted with them and caught up with what was going on, happy, I'm sure, in the thought that the sky was clear and shortly she herself would be preparing for another flight. Although she offered again, I decided not to join her. Nee, aber so das dritte oder so. Und so mittags landen, schon anspruchsvoll. Naja. Man sieht sich. He's also a league pilot. My new goals for flying, I will try again to win the World Cup and I want to win, but for sure not taking the risk, risks I took before and to land always safe. Usually we say in the air, actually nothing can happen to you, only hitting the ground. But with my experience, it's not really true. <laughs> the beautiful thing is each flight is a new story. Each flight is different and you have new experiences, new things. Yeah. And for me, it was back to Ireland at 30,000 feet in a 737.